Studio. When we were introducing each other, I I ended up telling him all the screw ups that I have done in in thing, and he looked at me like I am the craziest man in the room, and he says nobody has ever introduced himself like with all their mishaps and screw ups. I say, but yeah, but that is more interesting. Because now in the metaverse, you have the enhanced experience where you can not only interact, you can have a social experience around something as simple as shopping. Same thing will apply into education, you know, healthcare. It will apply into sports, music. People will actually then now buy land in a physical uh, land. and they will also jump into in the metaverse because they have the physical land and we have it you, you have a physical land you may not have anything on the physical land but you will build something on the virtual land on for virtual audiences this is episode number 131 of the inspiring talk with shokat shamim Welcome back inside yet another episode of the Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm your host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Back in 2004-5 when I was in my school in Nepal I used to go to the cyber cafe to chat with strangers on Yahoo Messenger. I vividly remember the interface and chat rooms where one could strike up conversations with people from across the world. It was the new way that me and my friend had just discovered to meet people on the internet. We would ask them about their culture and share ours. During that time, far away in Silicon Valley, Shaukat Shamim was leading the team that developed the iconic yahoo messenger and on today's episode it is such a pleasure on having shaukat on the inspiring talk podcast shaukat is a successful serial entrepreneur and technologist with a long track record of driving breakthrough tech innovations he is someone who has seen the internet from the very beginning of its evolution in this conversation we discuss how the internet has changed our world We break down the whole jargon around Web 3.0 and Metaverse, and why should normal people like you and I should care about it? Let's get started. Shaukat, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Shaukat, you have seen the internet from the very beginning of it, right? So you were there. at the very early team at yahoo messenger and uh, you know building yahoo messenger and which at that point of time honestly was way ahead of its time where people you know were just sending those emails and then here you go and i remember as a kid going to the internet cafe joining these random yahoo messenger chat groups and that you know just just getting conversation with these strangers from across the world right so you have seen you know the internet from the very beginning of it like how has it evolved over the period of time and what are the few sort of things that you note on how people's interaction with internet is sort of evolving uh, it's a, it's a very um, interesting question because you know in the early days internet was only for the very few people who are very forward thinker or enthusiasts but 
now obviously internet is my mom uses the internet and everybody in the world is connected with it so it has become like a part of our life where in the earlier days it was more like a vanity and now it has evolved into different things where we can we are actually relying on internet to be there we don't talk about internet at all we talk about like every things that happens on internet so if you ask our newer generation they would if you ask them how has the internet changed their lives they will actually stare at you because they're like what do you mean because it's it's like roads being there right they're always there so i think uh, we do not think about like in that level anymore and now you know we are entering a new phase we are entering a, a phase where the web3 and metaverse nft they are completely again redefining what internet is i actually say that web3 is the new internet right mm. because everything is will be rebuilt from scratch for web3 so it's it's an exciting time and we're sitting at that time um in history where everything will be rebuilt from scratch with a user experience enhanced user experience in mind yeah so shocked the listeners who listen to this podcast are the people who always love to be ahead of the curve and learn about the things that's happening and you know how they can sort of grow with things that are coming up right so and but for a lot of lot of the people who are listening like you know those terms that you've just used web3 metaverse and nfts and so on and so forth might be very new so let's take each of those one by one right so first explain to us like what is wave 1 what is wave 2 and you know now we are entering to wave 3 what that is and what that mean to normal people like me and the people who are listening to this podcast first wave was pretty much people woke up and realized oh my god two computers can talk to each other right that was the internet and that was pretty much it right it was the era of having static website so anybody who had a site that has any visitors that that became a company right so back in old days right yahoo excite likeos those were the big companies because they were destinations with visitors right so that was first wave and web 2.0 actually came where people actually realized internet's more than just pages they can actually create interactivity they can actually create business logic on it so that was the wave of web 2.0 as you call it so messenger in in a way you can say it is it is it's not really an internet based page it is more of an internet based app right mm. so that was the wave of web 2.0 so pretty much most of the apps and tools that we use today we are in wave 2 web 2.0 yeah so i think the main distinction between web 1.0 and 2.0 was like web 2.0 was interactive like mm. you can actually do things with it that was the time for all the apps and everything that came into play now web 2.0 stayed for a very long time and it was the way to think about it it has all the interactivity but the user experience was very flat and mm-hmm. it was also controlled by the central nodes per se right then it came like a few different things happened so first came the decentralized movement in blockchain and and crypto the blockchain movement came more from financial aspect of it 
people were creating decentralized finance systems to create an alternate way of kind of going around centralized control, right? That's how it started on this. And then there was another movement that was happening in parallel, which was the gaming movement. Mm. So the gaming companies, they were creating social games. And social games were you would actually interact with people. Interaction was very like rich in experience. From that, it moved to AR, VR, and all that kind of stuff, right? And then Web3 actually combined these, these two things. They combine the decentralized aspect of everything from a centralized thing. And then it merged the experience layer on top of it. So the way to think about it is you would think a Web 2.0 is um, a flat page. It's a site. It can have all kinds of stuff. And Web 3.0 will have decentralized, but it will have a rich experience. It's experience-driven world. Mm-hmm. So, And that is not completely defined yet. What does that mean? How would that experience uh, look like for everyday people? All those things are being defined now, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, the, it is the birth of new internet. So Web3 is more like Web 1.0 in, in mm-hmm. a way, because like everything is being, being redefined and reimagined. Should we be excited? Oh, I think we should be very excited because it, it is a chance for not only do really amazing things of experience that Web 2.0 really could not do, it is also uh, a chance for us to do things right. It is also a chance for us to do things better. We're, we're not jumping into this thing you know, without having the knowledge of how it played out in the past. So mm-hmm. we can do this thing better. Also, another way of really think about it, if you if you look at the first internet and in the web 2.0, everything, they are very Western centric. Mm. It happened in Silicon Valley. It happened in in the U.S. mostly. Web three is not. Web three is extremely distributed. They are from everywhere. There are great things happening in India. We have a couple of companies that are that are in India right now. And it's happening all over the globe. So it is a truly a decentralized phenomenon where the global audience, like entrepreneurs like you and I from different parts of the world are equally participating. So that is very exciting. Is it right to assume that Web 3.0 is going to put power back to people's hand where Zuckerbergs of the world are not, not going to control your data? <laughs> that, is, that is definitely the promise of Web3, yes. But it's not going to happen in one shot, yeah. right? Uh, a truly decentralized actually needs a centralized governance, uh, right, to, to happen. So it's going to take some time to, uh, um, to kind of get there. But with that said, though, that is definitely the thing behind uh, Web3, where people really do not like any like one company or one entity to control all aspects of your life mm-hmm. and they want transparency they want fair participation they want open apis they want other people to ex- have a kind of fair play in that so yes so all of those things you will you will see come into play in web3 but again just keep in mind the the facebooks of the world they are equally participating in that so they will have their version of that. They yeah. will not kind of go away, but probably they will enter this 
space or they are already entering the space bit differently. Mm. For Facebook's matters perspective, I think it is a repeat of what they have already done before. But uh, other people are entering this space also in a slightly different way. So Shokat, uh, before I go deep into the other aspects of metaverse and NFTs and so on and so forth, the things that you've done has always been way ahead of its time, whether that's Yahoo Messenger or whether that's, you know, BuySight, the other company, you know, that you started, which was, you know, those are the ideas that were way ahead of the time. And right now what you're doing, you are deep into the metaverse and Web3 and the future of it. And you are already, you, you had that front seat on all of these, you know, things or evolution that we have seen on the internet, right? So how do you learn? How do you prepare yourself for the next big thing? I, I wish I could, I could tell you that um, I have a magic wand, right? <laughs> which, which would not be the case. In a way, I am um, sitting in a place where things are happening around, around me, right? I'm sitting in Silicon Valley. I have a lot of visibility into what is happening in, um, in Europe and India. Like I, We have now team members all over the globe. That's a very privileged position to be in because I get to see this, some of the smartest people in the world actually really thinking and really coming up with kind of different kind of angle of how things could be, should be, would be. Honestly, I, I, I wish I could take credit for ev- everything that I've done, but the fact of the matter is m- most of the things that I, I've ever done, it happened more like, a, more like an accident, right? I saw many trends in the, in the past because, you know, I like to, so I'm an engineer by training, but I think that kind of gives me a, a leg up in some aspects that I can think how the nuts and bolts would move. But also sometimes we we miss the forest for the tr- the trees. We if we go too detail into something, you miss the big picture. And big pictures are actually not that difficult to think about. Right? I'll give you an example. In 2004, I was a VC back then. And um, that time, mobile was like really like there was no mobile thing. Uh, mobile was kind of dead, right? And I saw I saw something that was slightly different. I saw some mobile companies coming up, and as a VC, and and I joined that venture fund right after Yahoo, and I asked like if any medium are to be big, there will be an ad play. Like there is name one medium that doesn't have an that is big without an ad play. None. Every medium will have an ad play. So I asked, like, where is the ad play for mobile? There is none. I said, no, it cannot be. So I can I really looked. I looked at all companies in mobile. And then I decided to build one. That was that was rhythm, right? So it was like kind of simple like that. By side, the company you mentioned, it was very similar to that, right? In 2008, the the trend that time was online advertising was going through the roof. But if you really looked at it, it was all Google. Everybody else was like this tiny much. So I thought, hmm, wouldn't that be great if we could just move Mm. slightly from this part to the next part? Because that's the growth, right? All the growth Mm. is happening to the page and all the money is going to search. So we wanted to build display advertising like search. That was the birth of retargeting. So similar things like that, I think, there are pretty big 
trends that are happening, particularly right now. I think we have Web3, NFT, and Metaverse. The things that are happening is from the very macro level, if you look at it, mm. there are massive mm. green fields out there. <clears throat> All these things will be built. So you just have to have the audacity to go try some of these things. Mm. So mm. I've been very fortunate on that. So Yeah. So you've said, you know, Web3 is being built and people are still trying to develop their understanding of what this is going to be and how this is going to unfold, right? It's being written as we are, you know, as we are having this conversation. And Web3, blockchain technology, and also, uh, you know, NFTs and metaverse, right? So these are the all things that are coming up, right? So for like maybe a lot of people who are listening to this, right? Either they're entrepreneurs or people who are working their job. How will their life change with metaverse? You know, is metaverse going to change the way they do meetings or, you know, is metaverse going to change the way these businesses are running their business, how that will like change? And maybe, you know, what, you know, maybe we are talking about three, four, five years down the line, like, you know, how, how, how that's going to sort of unfold. Where do you see this going? So I think you will see three kinds of movements that's going to happen, maybe more, but uh, three that comes to my mind. First, you will see a lot of confusion. People are going to claim anything and everything that moves that is Web3, right? Even there is like there is like a lot of people call it Web3.0 versus Web3. The consensus of what really Web3 is will take some time because everybody is jumping in for different reasons, right? And that started with Facebook changing the name of the company to Meta. And I think there are people kind of woke up and said, I don't know what it is, but I'm surely not going to miss it. Mm-hmm. So it started with a roar that everybody decided to can invest heavily, dive in, figure it out later. And that happened, I would say, last October, November timeframe, right? On this. Great. So that's the first movement. People are deciding what Web3 is and how that plays in the grand scheme of things. Metaverse is, if Metaverse think about it, it's the destination, right? Web3, think about their like, your HTTP protocol there, right? Mm. And NFTs, think about that's basically the building blocks. So everything Mm. in Metaverse can potentially be an NFT, right? Now, you will also see then a lot of companies, a lot of entrepreneurs will actually just take anything and make, call it an NFT and put it out there, right? If you look look at... um, uh, the NFT marketplaces, OpenSeas, or in, any other places, you will see there are millions of NFTs that people are listing on this from all kinds of stuff. But if you really look at look at the market, people are not trading, buying, selling any one of those things. So mm. that's a common thing. People think, hey, I can make my picture an NFT. Yes, you can, but nobody's going to buy or sell it. That's a human reason, right? Mm. If I, yours truly, I, I draw some paintings and put it up for an NFT and I say, I should sell it like people. I will say no, because, you know, I'm not an artist. So, um, but you will see a lot of those. And then you will see the, the final group. And this group, they are really looking at how to really reimagine or reinvent the core building blocks for what Mm. metaverse would need and how do you do that? So there will be like a lot of kind of factors or marketing factors that people will 
kind of shape every I saw companies they're calling themselves like a metaverse something. But it's kind of like a website they're adding some virtual looking pictures of it and that's it. So those things in my opinion is not gonna last for too long because that that's actually mm. not that's temporary because people do not understand it, right? Just because a company is getting funded, that means absolutely nothing, right? Then you will see companies who are, who are actually doing stuff. They will solve the hard problems, right? And then all of a sudden, probably within a next year, you will see when people are talking about a metaverse, they will, you can actually build it mm. with the kind of same ease that you build a website. So yeah, I, I see these things kind of taking shape in the next 12 to 18 months. Wow. So you're essentially saying that we're going to have tools where if I would like to, I can build my own metaverse without knowing a single line of a code. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, we have, a, we have a company doing that, Firedrop. But it's not just that. So think about it this way, right? The early days, if you wanted to build a website, you needed to know yeah. how to do programming, you needed to do how to do hosting, how to do CDN, all of those things you needed to do. Yep. So, like I said, I can do this thing. So you have a website. Oh my God, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Then came the companies like in Yahoo, we bought GeoCities early days, but that didn't really last. But then WordPress came, right? These days, you don't think about like, how do I build a website? Like, mm. I just pick one of the tools. I pick what, what goes in there. Most of the sites, you will never actually go down to HTML level, ever. Yeah. So this, the same thing is going to happen in Metaverse, where people say, I don't know, I just I, I just build it using a, a builder. Mm-hmm. And the under, underlying code and everything else will be taken care of by the platform or the technology. Yes. Wow. That sounds really, really exciting. You have said on one of your interviews that you need to have doubts as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Yes, I actually really, really believe that. I think you, you, there are only two kinds of entrepreneurs. The good entrepreneurs don't really know that they're good entrepreneurs. So mm. they will have a lot of doubts. And the other set of entrepreneurs, they kind of know they're not good entrepreneurs, so they will put all kinds of kind of marketing around them, showing that there's no doubt. But fact of the matter is, you know, when you, you're trying to do, you know, uh, companies, you're an entrepreneur, most of the things that you do, they are unknown to you. And you have mm. a conviction that you are relying on your, I call it your conviction and your desire to solve something, right? But you don't know the answers. Mm. You're counting on at some point, all these things would make sense. You don't know how, but it's going to make sense. Mm. You will have time where your doubts will settle in and you mm-hmm. would have to fight with it, right? I, I actually say that you, you need to have doubt, faith, and love. Those mm-hmm. three things in combination, right? Mm-hmm. Faith is when will kind of help you go to the next level or arrive the next day with the same kind of enthusiasm, although you do not know the answers. But at the end of the day, you will probably end up doing things because you just love what you do. I love what I do. And sometimes what you do 
other people would not agree with you. And it's okay. It's okay to fail also, right? But those combination of those three things, I think, are essential for entrepreneurs. And I also think entrepreneurs, it is important to understand that they um, entrepreneurs are not different class of people. They are human with a desire, but they take a lot of risk on their own. Mm. But they make a lot of mistakes too. And it is sometimes hard to kind of accept that. Like, oh my God, you're you're entrepreneur, you're running a company or you're doing something. How can you not kind of know all the answers? Or so how could you do X, Y, Z? Because I didn't know, right? So yeah, I think those are like essential tools or essential things for an entrepreneur to be very true about. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. have, you should be very honest about those things, your love for what you do, your doubts that you, you may have and the answers you may not have or and the mistakes you might have faced in the past. Amazing. So Shaukat, as you said, you have been in the Valley, in the Silicon Valley for very, very long time now. And I'm sure in your interactions, you come across these amazing entrepreneurs building some of this crazy uh, you know, stuff for the future, uh, right? So uh, from that perspective, there are two kind of questions that, that's on my head right now. Right? So one is, should we all be excited? Because you know, as an insider of the Silicon Valley, uh, do you think we should all be excited about the future or should we be scared with the kind of things that you know, tech is now able to do? You know, with great power comes great responsibilities. And we should expect that there will be some applications of technologies that's going to have, let's call it subpar results, right? That would make us scared, right? But, you know, that's true about pretty much anything that that is new, right? So we should not be scared, but we should be cautious. There is a difference, right? So one of the things that we are doing in our group of companies is is thing called Betterverse. The idea is to kind of bring in the best practices and create an industry collaboration to talk about what a better metaverse would look like, right? And also kind of create, give us some tools so we don't make the same mistakes that we have done in the past. So. I think we we will make new mistakes, but that's okay. We just don't want to repeat the same ones, right? Mm. So yeah, so that's how I I would kind of look at it. We Mm -hmm. shouldn't be scared. We should be careful. We should be cautious. We should learn from from what we have learned over the last 25 years and build on it, right? Mm. So it's an exciting time ahead. Super. So where do you see like 10 years from now, Take us on this like Im- crazy imaginary world, which is, you know, which you believe is going to happen like for sure in the next 10 years. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people use this example of Ready Player One that, you know, we will kind of dive into a virtual world of experience that that going to basically consume all our senses. Mm-hmm. I think that is not science fiction. That is definitely going to happen. It's not going to happen in 10 years. I think it's going to happen in the next two years because Mm -hmm. everything, time is so accelerated right now. Everybody is inventing at the speed of light, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean? That means there are a lot of things that we 
couldn't do really in in a flat web 2.0. It will happen in web 3.0. I'll give you a, a very simple example, right? For ages, online shopping, we've been trying to replicate the experience of an offline shopping, but never really worked, right? So if you look at shopping today, people actually go and shop things that they already didn't know about. Like, but if you go into a mall, what do you see? You see an experience, right? You can mm. touch and feel and interact and you can ask questions. You can do all kinds of stuff, right? That is very difficult and, and to do on a, on a website. Like, what do you do? You yeah. cannot interact with anything. But now you can in the metaverse because now in the metaverse, you have the enhanced experience where you can not only interact, you can have a social experience around something as simple as shopping. Same thing will apply into education, you know, healthcare. It will apply into sports, music, kind of all kinds of stuff, right? If today, if you go to a, like a concert, right? If, if you're listening to your, your concert, it's a great experience, but it's kind of like a flat experience too because you're mm. not really participating in it. Now you can participate using the kind of some of the tools like you can tweet about it, you can do like different stuff, but that's not really you're not part of the experience. That's a side experience. These things again gonna merge. So you will have mm. a, a real life concert, you will have a virtual com a concert happening at the same time. Right? So mm. if you think about Pokemon Go kind of attached kind of a virtual world into into real world. You know, you could actually do something like that, but that's just the beginning. Here, you will see worlds colliding in this one. Mm -hmm. You will see things like real estate being completely reimagined, right? People will actually then now buy land in a physical uh, land, and they will also jump into in the metaverse because they have that physical land, and they have mm -hmm. it. You, you have a physical land, you may not have anything on the physical land, but you will build something on the virtual land on for virtual audiences. So things like that, that, that is going to happen from, from all different aspects of it. Their imagination will open up and will reimagine solutions from basic stuff, from shopping to just human interaction. What does that mean? Right. So if you walk into a room, right, that has like, you know, 100 people, what, do you, what is the first thing you see? Your senses go live, right? You hear sound, you see people, and you see movement, you can touch and feel. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, those things are not there yet, right? So if you even mm -hmm. go into metaverse, you may see people moving, but you don't see sound, yeah. you don't see yeah. touch and feel, you don't see interaction. It is going to happen. Now, when that happens, now you are you're really, really talking about creating solutions for, for things that never existed before. Now that's beautiful, right? Education, mm. I think the, the reason people still go to universities or classrooms is not just the learning part of it, it is the interaction piece of it. Interaction, right? yeah. Now again, interaction is, is very hard to do in a flat, 2D thing, right? On a page, like, okay, you're, mm. but you're not really interacting, right? If you can solve that, you will see 
people reimagining what education is going to look like. And that doesn't mean just put a virtual layer out there, by the way. That, that is a lot more than that. It needs to be, we need to rethink what does it really mean by, and what the tools that we have today, how can we use these tools to solve some of the core things for humanity, right? Like starting from the experience, going down to healthcare, to education, to even entertainment like a concert. All of these mm. things will be reimagined. So next, I, I would say a couple of years, but next decade, it's going to be a very exciting one where we will mm -hmm. really get to interact with all our sensors. Mm. That sounds very, very exciting. And, and you are saying that it's going to be real, not in 10 years, but in two years. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens before that, because one thing that you would, I, can, I will bet on it, is Web3, the timeline of Web3 is, will be exponentially faster than any other Why thing so? that has happened. It's, it's because of a few things. I would say number one is people are waking up globally then saying, I'm not going to miss this wave. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do something now. We do not have 10 years. We don't have, even have 10 months. So people are really taking big you know, bets on that. Then also you would see you see investors are actually investing in this space, knowing that not all like there, there's the model of it of, of the company is not not completely figured out yet. That's okay. So they're taking a bet too, right? And last but not least, you see a, the consumer interest for trying new things. Early days, there were only a few people who would try new things. But now we are like, we're talking about the metaverse here right now. Yeah. People are jumping in and say, I, I understand it's not fully there yet. Yeah. And a bigger portion of our entire population is jumping in. And that's really good news. Yeah. And also what I believe, Shokat, is the information gap or being, let's say, for example, what's happening in the West versus trends, you know, for the other part of the world to catch up on the trends. I think that time is shortened, right? Right now, like when there's something new that people are talking in the US, then you see that people talking about that here in India as well. And earlier, it used to be a couple of years lagging by a couple of years. And now tools like Polygon Matic coming out of India, right? So so in that sense, I see that also that gap is sort of shortened by uh, the exposure to the internet and the information that's available for people. And, and it's not anymore just between a few set of closed doors where, you know, the information. Yeah, I, and you, we would see a lot more of that. You mentioned mm -hmm. about, you know, Matic and Polygon. But, you know, if you look at in this space, many of the companies like Decentraland, yeah. I believe, is, is based in, uh, in Malaysia or some, some other place. Yeah. But they're not, in, they're not all coming from Silicon Valley. Actually, very few are coming yeah. from Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Because now, actually, they are like entrepreneur from India is, is I would say, equally equipped as an entrepreneur yeah. from Silicon Valley. There, there is no difference. Everybody works 24 hours. So it's like as, as long as you, you have any mode of communication, great, right? It doesn't really matter. So that is, that is fantastic. Speed has increased. Borders are no longer there. It is really one world. 
Awesome. So Shokat, you are building something called as Create Lab. What is that? And what should we know about that? Create Lab is is actually, I say that the first company that I ever done, I, I had created that company because of necessity, not because I wanted to really you know, create a company. Create Lab is kind of like that. During the pandemic, a group of us, we realized we are all serial entrepreneurs, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter how many companies you might have done or what you may have done in the past. Whenever you start a new company, the journey is the same. It is very tough. You are doing the same thing over and over again, which means you are kind of validating an idea. And then you're saying, oh my God, let me see if I can talk to a few people. I Let me see if I can in, uh, kind of collect a few uh, make a team and then find some investors, build something, and so on and so forth. Like it is really tough and it doesn't get any easier, right? Every time you start from ground zero and as if like nothing really matters. So that was really bothering me. Like that's not really, and as an entrepreneur, we also kind of like we end up doing things that we are not really good at. But we, we have to do mm. that because it's necessity again, right? I may be a, one of the best in the world when it comes to product, but I may be really not good when it comes to operations. But yeah. if you ask people, hey, if you are a CEO, people say, you should do X, Y, and Z. Actually, I would beg to defer. I think if you can do things that you're really good at, that's where you can actually be great, right? There are many things that you will not be good at, and you should spend even less time doing that. Find other yeah. other sources. But again, as an entrepreneur, it's very difficult. It's easy to easy to say, like, how do you do that? So then we we came up with this idea of creating a community. We call that the mm-hmm. G one hundred community. It is like think about how the countries came together, like G twenty, G eight. We wanted to create a community of hundred entrepreneurs, global uh, entrepreneurs from all aspects of life. And idea is, as an entrepreneur, you will have ideas. We all have ideas, right? So now we can we have a community that we can actually bounce these ideas off and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Hmm. So then you can quickly validate an idea and see, hey, this, like people are really reacting well with this. And we can then pin our our network to kind of take an idea and validate it with customers, investors, kind of partners to build all kinds of stuff. And at some point, if, if it's really kind of say, hey, this is a good idea, then we will kind of form a team around it and spin that thing out. Where we, the entire community of 100 entrepreneurs, they all become founding members of these companies. We're the crazy guys. We, we decided yeah. we can actually create companies with 100 entrepreneurs in the world. But so far, it has worked really well for us. We have um, done quite a few companies. We have spun out. Tell us, tell us about that. What are the kind of companies that you are building? So we have about like, you know, six, seven companies that are, that are in, in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. We have spun out a few of them. Um, we have done a company called FireDrop. What's, what's FireDrop? Uh, FireDrop is it's a platform and like services for you, mm-hmm. anybody, to build their metaverse. 
Oh, so this is WordPress of Web3. This is WordPress and AWS of Web3, yes. So mm. for for you and I, when we are thinking of metaverse, we should be thinking about what, how it should work. I, I want to build it like this. I want to have these functionalities, right? Now, for you to really build that, I said, oh my God, I don't know how to build this. Like, and now I need to be a programmer? Like, that's not going to work, right? So we want to, we, we're going to take that out completely where we are creating a, a platform. It is, we have a no code studio like WordPress where you can actually design how it's going to look like. And then we have created this thing called a metaverse app store where basically we can bring in the best of best things that people are creating in a platform where they can actually integrate and you will then have access to all of them. So you can pick and choose and build your own metaverse. So that's FireDrop. We are now kind of working with some of the pretty massive metaverses that are being built. And we are kind of adding more and more um, clients who are trying to build uh, metaverses on this. And I I see that like uh, today, probably the, the big guys that they are building metaverse but in 18 months from now, I think that everybody in the world would want their own metaverse. You will say, I, I want to build my own. Of course, it's like having an email. Yeah. Like having a metaverse would be like you having an email or a Facebook page. So everybody would want one. So we want to create that platform. Yeah. Just the way we call a website as our internet home, then I would like my metaverse home. Like, you know, I want to maybe create my own space. I want to maybe the NFTs and the everything now, you know, it's all going to make sense, right? So all the collectibles that I have, for example, here in India, Amitabh Bachchan, you know, recently uh, dropped his NFTs. And now let's say if I own Amitabh Bachchan's NFT, then I'm going to throw it on my, you know, metaverse. And then, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean metaverse is like, again, it's it's the way, uh, I think the closest analogy is that your Facebook page, right? Although it, it will not all look the same, you will actually build your metaverse, but then you may, put your metaverse into other metaverses. Oh, so it's like, mm. think about it, it's a way of interconnected virtual worlds, right? Mm. So your yeah. world is connected with, with other worlds and people may come to your metaverse directly or they may come to your metaverse through other metaverses through portals, mm. right? But regardless of how you think about it, everybody in the planet would want their own metaverse. It's just a matter of time. So that's what FireDrop is. Yeah, is, is making it possible for that's everyone our, to that's build their own. Yes, that's our wow. goal, yes. Um, and we, we, this, this was very exciting. We have people from all over the world and we followed the Create Lab formula with our community like to the T for this one, right? Yeah. You know, idea came from a, a, a person, then I teamed up with um, another uh, person who who took over as the CEO of this. And it's just working beautifully on that one. So that was our first project that we, we yeah. took out. Then we have, doing, we have done a company called Purple City. Um, uh, and Purple City is, is building a metaverse of, think about it, it's an entertainment megacity. So if you go mm-hmm. into, you know, 
Las Vegas, Disney. you go to yeah. Disneyland, right? Yeah. What do you see? You don't think about like, hey, do I want to buy this land? No, that's not good. Mm. You say, oh my God, like I have, like I can go here, I can watch a show, I can go into shopping, I can go into this sports arena, I can do all kinds of stuff. So it's a fun stuff. It is the entertainment mega city. So that's what Purple City is. So we are mm. we we are bringing in, uh, I call it architects and designers and artists from different parts of the world to define what their section of this virtual world in in Purple City is going to look like. Right. So you will have a sci-fi zone. You will have a retro wow. fashion mm. zone. You will have like all kinds of different things that are coming in to kind of build this, but it's all about entertainment, all about mm. experiences. So you you may walk in down the high street on this and mm. you will see, you know, stores by the biggest brands and you can walk in with a celebrity who will walk in with you, right? Mm. You may go into a sports bar where you are basically hanging hanging out with the biggest cricket fans and wow. they are the the cricket stars in their metaverse presence so they are actually mm. showing up on this you're interacting with them on this so all kinds of stuff but they're all focused on giving you a very exciting experience around entertainment so that's what mm. sparkle city is yeah and then we have like a ambition to reimagine education we are working on um, a way to create like a think about it's it's like a visa for your metaverse Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so uh where any it doesn't matter what part of the world you can come in you can participate in any one of the metaverses when it when you do not actually worry about your currency your money that you have that being a bottleneck and that is kind of like a, a little bit difficult underneath that because you have to now create an infrastructure because every country has its own financial infrastructure. You have to really work through that where yeah. the country's regulations are actually working in your favor, not your you're not working against it. That's that project's called One Wallet. And there are a bunch of other things that are that are coming up. This um, this all is like shocking, sounding very very exciting, and also at the same time, I'm thinking like, hey, how crazy how you think sort of you know all these crazy ideas and you know bring people together. In Reed Hopman had a name for you. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago, he called me Mister Consumer. Uh, Mister Consumer. <laughs> but that was a long time ago because you know that time Messenger was actually the. Um, largest online community in the world and he was he was doing linkedin and it's like a long interesting funny story it's like you know we, we, i got to know him and then became very good friends later mm-hmm. um because you know uh, i was a vc then we gave him yeah. a, a term sheet for his linkedin series a and series b yeah. for the people who are listening and who don't know who reed is reed is the founder of uh, linkedin linkedin yeah and and he was like when we were introducing each other, I, I ended up telling him all the screw ups that I had done in in thing. And he looked at me like I'm the craziest man in the room and he says nobody has ever introduced them himself like with all their mishaps and screw ups. <laughs> I say, but yeah, but that is more interesting. Uh, 
uh, but he's very very generous uh, on the thing you know um i have i have a deep respect for him because you know what his way of thinking is is absolutely a, an amazing thing to experience right um i've been very fortunate to um have his acquaintance shaukat i have been in some of the virtual meetings with some of the you know teams of the companies that you have mentioned the fire drop purple city and so on and so forth and i just love the way you know you ins- inspire action in the teams you know the way you convey the message and you know how you are able to inspire the teams to sort of you know get to the action right is there anything that you'd like to share on how you think about inspiring and exciting people to push to the action anything that that you'd like to share for the leaders who are listening to this conversation boy that is definitely a, <laughs> a little <laughs> tough one i let me think how should i answer it in a way um just be yourself you know at least in my interactions i am at times kind of maybe too explicit about how i'm thinking now that has a drawback to it like a lot of people may say oh he's completely out of his mind i have definitely had that right there are people who are very close to me who said man he has a reality is very distorted for shaukat right um it, <laughs> because it could be it could it could come across like that like oh my god he's but at the same time i i actually believe in some of the things that is said and i i do not know the answer and i'm very open about it like i don't know this this answer but i will figure it out at as time goes so more open you are with why you do that why you are doing something what drives you the human nature of that one right and you have to be very open about something though this is a double edged sword right because people will throw at you when you fail because you you're kind of saying i don't know this thing but i'm still going to go this way if you succeed people going to really celebrate you if you don't succeed people will also lynch you and you kind of have to be unfazed about that and like it's okay but net net is the i think the only thing i would i would tell to people people at the end of the day the real people will gravitate towards people who are very flesh and bone they're very mm. real like and and you will fail you will fail miserably at times right there are there are many things that in my life i took a bet i not only did not know it was like so crazy that people would i i succeeded and it became legendary and later there are things that i actually failed and people kind of will also kind of throw eggs at you right so you just have to be very uh, you have to be very indifferent about it at the end keep in mind there is no success is ultimate no failure is ultimate and then it is whether you are actually getting up and doing things trying the next thing right that will define you and other people will never define you so don't worry too much about that right um at the end if you keep on doing good things right things eventually you will you will see the results falling in your favor 
and uh, it just be very open about it. Vulnerability is a key strength, mm. I think. But again, just keep in mind, you have to understand all those things in your own mind first before mm. you, you hear from other people. When you're kind of rising up on the tide, like everything may seem like, oh my God, can do anything wrong, right? Mm. Because like it, everything will kind of fall into, like everybody will celebrate every single move you make, right? Mm. Just be careful because, you know, <laughs> higher you go, it have the drawback of, of, because people would not understand you also. But that's mm. okay. Just be real. Be real about your passion. Be real about what you don't know. And always try to do the best you can for people. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes, but never be afraid of mistakes. It's okay. Be Like, I will accept my mistakes in a heartbeat. Yes, I made mm. mistakes. Yeah. What one crazy dream that you'd like to be accomplished in your lifetime? <laughs> All my dreams are crazy dreams. Um, <laughs> craziest of the craziest. <laughs> you know, uh, it may sound different, but my my craziest dream is in your life, you will have a lot of people who will who will follow you, who will 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 be your friend, who will come along for the journey. Mm-hmm. My crazy dream is when they actually do things in their lives, and you had something to do with it. You influence them to take that extra step, have that courage, and and they do amazing things because of that. I I often admire this one gentleman. He's in his late 70s. He lives in Israel. His gentleman named Yossi Vardi. He has kind of built a system around that he's always surrounded by people he loves. Mm. And that's the only thing that he really cares about, right? It may sound really simple, but that is so fulfilling when that actually happens. You see the people you may have inspired or people you may have done something with, you know, they have done great things and you are together. I think humanity has, there are a lot of big things that people can do together. I just want to try some of those crazy things together with some of the best people in the world. Super stuff. This has been a great conversation, Shokat. I have one last question. Imagine that you're standing on a stadium and this is the largest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world. And there are millions and millions of people eagerly, passionately waiting to listen to you. And you have been given only one minute of time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. What would be your message? Oh boy. (laughs) Um, This I will probably prepare. most important lesson in life is understanding the true power of love. I think the true power of love is what you do, who you're with, where you are. And it also kind of goes into some of the choices you might have made in your life that made you who you are. And this defines you. We are 
professionally or as as a human being or you know as an entrepreneur we are defined by what we love and our definition of how strong that love is it is a lifelong journey but it's a worth journey there's a great book that i often read and reread and there's actually two great books by the same author and these two books i think in a way kind of defines what i believe in life mm-hmm. the, the first book is called manuscript found in akara by paulo coelho and the second one is called warriors of the light if anybody hasn't read these books please please do you will you will absolutely love these two books because it's talking about those core things in life that defines who we are and they're sometimes so simple and you can translate down into this four letter word it is just about love what do you love why you love them so that's my one minute <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's been such a great pleasure in having you here, Shokat. Uh, and uh, I'd like to acknowledge you for all the amazing stuff that you are doing and building uh, for the better future. And I wish you all the luck for all the amazing companies that you are building with some of the brightest minds in the world across the country. And I know that you do you sleep, by the way, <laughs> oh, because I've I seen do. you taking meeting and connecting with the team across the world. uh in the different parts different time zones and you know there's one person who is constant in all of those meetings and is is shocked you know talking to different teams yeah i love you know the the and i kind of feed off energy so you know people like like you how many hours do it, you sleep <laughs> <laughs> i actually like you know i'm kind of indifferent i i can sleep like as little as 4 hours and more if i get get a chance to so it is all about what i'm doing at that time right <laughs> like i said i love what i do awesome thanks again thank you so much thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity Hey thank you so much for listening to this episode of the inspiring talk podcast i hope you got some inspiration or learned something If you did make sure that you share this episode with your friends by visiting the show notes page at inspiringtalk.com/131 you can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at the red bizay speaks and let me know what you think about this show thank you for listening i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring